I have access to Taco Bell. It's great. Access to Taco Bell? Bro, I remember when we were kids, though, like, there was a Taco Bell on the island, and I just remember it being really <laughs> disgusting. So, like, I always just had this, like, mindset that Taco Bell was terrible. But then I came to America, and William was like, <laughs> you know, Will eats all that shit. So he was like, yeah, let's go get some quesaritos. And I was like, you eat that crap? And he was like, yeah, what do you mean? And I tasted it again, and I was like... It's not oh, half bad. You might have stumbled upon something here. <laughs> I know. I was like, this this is actually um pretty good. Like <laughs> But I miss you so much. I you know it's crazy because I still remember when we used to watch SpongeBob in like the good old days, you know? Yeah. Just chilling, no stressing in the world. I remember, like, you used to hack people, and I used to be like, oh, sure. my God, like, <laughs> you should so cool. <laughs> I was like, how do you, like, Loki, I was thinking about this, and I wanted to tell you, I was like, you know, I was like, Harsha, how are you, like, why are you an engineer for real? And I'm like, what pushed you to, like, go into that? And I think back, and I was like, Loki, I was like, it was you, bro, because I was like, Aww, like, you, like, thanks. like, the first time, like, I even, like, like, got introduced to technology was because we used to like play games and stuff together and then like you were like always doing all this cool stuff and i would be like but i want to know how to like hack people too and like i want to know like how computers work and so then i started a piece of cs and i guess here here we are and like yeah like i didn't even think to apply to schools in michigan if it wasn't for you like being in michigan and look at look at us now killing it yeah. you a whole you a whole wait no let me not spoil it for the people what do you do what do you do broski what do you do okay so for the record it was not hacking it was just very efficient computer usage <laughs> in <laughs> my childhood brain he was <laughs> hacking the shit out of people i was just like damn <laughs> um yeah we also attended that computer class together that was kind of short-lived but one on like computer Ponto. class bro it, i don't even it was know. at the Enya building it was only for like eight months we were pretty young but yeah um <laughs> love you too miss you too um yeah right now i'm in a hotel room in indianapolis uh in training for my new airline job um super exciting it's a super nice plane very very advanced and um, talking about computers, it is based. I'm not flying anymore. I'm flying the computer that's flying the airplane now. So you're pretty much an I engineer report. too. Just you're just basically you're just dealing I yeah have, with aviation systems instead of I have schematics and flashcards, and none of this has to do with the actual, you know, like fly <laughs> flying or you know mm. anything like that. It's it's all uh, setting stuff up. For the computer to do and you just watch it and make sure it does what you want but like i mean yeah. you have to like control the takeoff and landing though like the plane doesn't Basically, do that by the itself. first five seconds and the last five seconds unless you're going to somewhere like washington dc which i'll be doing mm. a lot which is really nice um we're flying along the potomac river literally like over the river and you're gonna be passing the white house the monument everything super duper close and uh, turning right onto the runway and landing. So mm. that one, you're actually doing some piloting <laughs> for. I guess a like few when you there. when you were like, because I remember when we were young, you just always knew you wanted to be a pilot. But like, what was it that made you want to be a pilot in the first place? Like, a couple of things. Um, obviously, growing up on St. Martin, you know that um, <laughs> it is one of the most is, famous yeah, airports exactly. in the world. Yeah. It's got a reputation. Um, super glad I got to fly in there with Winair. You know that that flying was honestly the most incredible flying I'll ever do. Yeah, like um, just from a be like a just picturesque like landing. Yeah, like I got to like lower my window and <laughs> wave at people all the time. It was it was great. Got so many cool pictures and videos from that. That's you know, but also um, I think when I was really young, my mom and I were on a flight to India. And it had an emergency landing, I think, somewhere in Switzerland or something. And there was a fire. And that's when I told my mom I wanted to be a plane driver. <laughs> so there you have it. Plane driver. Lol. That is 
that's the story. I feel, and I feel like ever since then, though, like you've been super passionate about planes, probably more so than anybody else that I know. Like you would watch all the planes land, you know, in Princess Juliana International Airport. You would know, like, you'd point. Like I remember at one point, like, like when we were in high school, you would point up and be like, "Oh yeah, that's KLM." four six six nine going to the blah 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 and i'm just like why, why do you know this like why why is this common like why why are you <laughs> and, like, and like i remember you like you would just watch all of the like flight crash investigations and like you had like oh, yeah, that, flight that simulator and like like i remember you would be like yeah harsha i was on the plane watching like a plane crash video and these like other yeah. passengers were like looking yeah, they got at a little you. Scared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Especially because you you don't look like you know white. Mm -hmm. So they're just like hairy, colored foreign <sighs> man. Suspicious. Yeah. I was but, also trying a beard back then, so that yeah, might have, have to do with it too. <laughs> yeah. But I'm so proud of you, man, and just seeing how far you like being a pilot on St. Martin, and now like up in the big leagues like that must be so mm -hmm. awesome i guess like what do you know like what model plane you're flying yeah it's a brazilian made embraer e175 or 170 um the e175 very very advanced plane it can fit up to 88 passengers but most of our planes are configured with 76 for to have um quite a few uh business or first class seats and mm. economy um and yeah uh the company I'm, I'm working for now, Republic Airways, we fly for American, Delta, and United. So all three of them have contracts with Republic mm. um, all the way up until 2030. So That's interesting. I always thought like it was yeah. like they were each like individual like brands. Like I had no idea they shared pilots. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, it's, it's a little complex, but in the U.S. they, they do that because... Um, you know, they're they're so focused on their longer routes, their bigger planes and all that stuff that they just don't have the manpower to do um, shorter flights as well, or even medium range flights at this point. So this airplane can do like solid medium range flights. Like um, we go anywhere from uh, the 10 bases that Republic has to um, it's basically all over the East Coast and uh, pretty far west as well to like Denver and stuff all the way down to the Caribbean there are flights that go to Antigua and Dominica now with um, the same Embraer 175, but unfortunately we don't have that flying yet. One of our mm. um, competitor regionals is doing that flying. But yeah, um, hopefully soon I, I can fly there too and then yeah, see, so see some of my old uh, co-workers in those airports. That would be pretty awesome. And I then guess, like... we also go to South America oh, a little bit, and Central America. Yeah, sweet. quite a bit of yeah so is it like like the airlines like pretty much like just have contracts with republic and so that's how they get pilots in like overall like so eventually like say for like longer international flights like would you have to work also for republic or is it like that's when delta would have like delta specific pilots or, yeah those are delta know. specific so oh, okay. if you ever look at your ticket and it says um american airlines flight 4500 and then on in the bottom it would say operated by republic airways so mm. the pilots and the flight attendants and the airplane too technically would be republic owned but the service you get is the exact same as american so it's confusing for us because there are small differences between each three yeah and there are times where you would fly an american flight and then the next day you would fly a united flight and you would say the wrong name over the <laughs> announcement it's a very common mistake so yeah we have to gotta keep track of those little things um it's funny but yeah you can't all let the people know you know yeah exactly like, you can't let them know yeah i think that's funny because like you could just be like yeah you could be like oh america's service sucks but it's not even american like <laughs> <laughs> it's republic it's, it's pretty, or whatever it's pretty strict though like uh it's very very strict uh any kind of complaints or anything obviously would go to like those bigger airlines and they mm. would give it back to us like hey you guys suck like we we've been hearing like bad things about you know mm. x y and z you need to do better on this little portion or something so and it's not only republic uh, republic's the second largest um regional in, in north america it's the largest for embraer jets we only have 
B-175s, like a hundred, I think it's 220, 230 airplanes right now. And they're adding 200 more. So it's growing very quickly. It's good to um, know COVID didn't completely destroy the aviation sector, but I yeah. feel like it, it can't, like people will always want to go places and this is the best yeah, we've got yeah, yeah, as yeah. of now. Yeah. But there are other regionals too, like SkyWest, um, Endeavor, which is completely owned by Delta. So they would only ever do Delta. Mm. Um, yeah. There's quite a few out there. Envoy, which does only American. Is like, do you still want to work for like Emirates and like the those airlines? Probably not anywhere outside the U.S. anymore. Okay. Maybe in the future, maybe somewhere along lines of Air France KLM, maybe. But okay. for now, very much so. Um, Republic is honestly a lot of people end up staying here, even though it's not like one of those glamorous big name legacy airlines. Mm. Um, like they treat their people so so well, like. It is honestly the biggest, um, you know, refreshing change I've ever seen going from Winter and St. Martin to this. Yeah, you see what it proper is, management looks it's like. It's incomparable. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Now for a message from our sponsors. what do you need like what do you need to do to be a pilot right and like to actually like be able to fly like those big planes and what was it like yeah when you had to work for Winair and like they're 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 understanding their fleet and their management style okay so to be a pilot um fairly straightforward you just need those licenses from private pilot instrument rating commercial and um in the right kind of aircraft so commercial multi-engine land um you know that's the key one that you need to fly commercially in airplanes with more than one engine mm. um and then the next step for bigger airplanes is atp airline transport pilot which winner didn't require because it was right on the borderline mm. of needing that and not needing that and it's strategically like that so you know we don't have to um but the operations we did, it were uh, very close to, uh, if not exceeding what airlines do in the U.S. Like we carried vaccines, we carried um, some dangerous goods, uh, obviously um, people, cargo, um, caskets, animals, <laughs> all kinds of stuff. Uh, it, it, it's all kinds of stuff. <laughs> interesting That's times. interesting, um, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah if um our cargo holds were not big enough to fit the casket so we would remove seats and they would be right behind the pilots just chilling so uh yeah obviously no other passengers okay we would have I was about to be like, them. I, yeah that would be kind of tough yeah but um very interesting flying and then uh, after you get uh well for winner you only need a commercial multi multi-engine land license and back in a in the day they were hiring anyone with just that license you don't need x amount of experience um especially for locals so in a way locals are at an advantage they will always take you first um so that was, was nice i went a different route i've got a, my instructor license i took you flying once instructed I'm you still on trying that to one get flight. my license I'm, but i only want fun. you to teach yeah, me like I, I don't want nobody else like I still keep my instructor license active. It's just a small refresher course every two years. So I can still teach you whenever you're ready. Um, so I did that and I had the experience to go straight to like a, a US airline or, or whatever. But uh, yeah, I decided to go to Winair. And in a way, it's a good thing I did because I feel like uh, with COVID hitting, I might have been one of the first to get laid off if I were in the US at the time. So Winair for two years um, was fun and games. And then, uh, up to the U.S. and uh, I've been in training ever since. Um, and that's what you're. That's is, what you're doing right now, right? More training. Yeah. So the Win Air training was pretty quick. Um, honestly, everything, if it was spaced out properly, it could have been done within a month. Um, to 
Toronto for training, back to St. Martin, then Toronto again, then back to St. Martin, and then a little bit of training somewhere. And that was a little, you know, confusing. If we could all just do it in one go in Toronto, that would have been great. But that's just the way it's set up. Um, so it took quite a few months over there before I actually started flying. Kind of sucked. And obviously, it's St. Martin, so we weren't even paid properly at the time. We got a small training allowance, very, very small. Like, can't even pay rent with that kind of money. <laughs> And had to use that for, you know, four or five months until we actually started flying. Yeah. Um, so that kind of sucked. And then moving up here, um, yeah, I, interv- I I moved up here on August 4th. I interviewed on August 10th. I got the job August 11th. They're very, hey, very A man efficient. of action. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I attended uh, one of my really good friend's wedding on uh, September 12th. And then the wedding was at 3 p.m. At 3.45, I ran out the venue to go and catch my flight to start training on September 13th in uh, Orlando for a week for my ATP license, that airline transport pilot license. Republic paid for it. Very nice of them. It's about five, six grand. They paid for it. Perfect. Winner did not pay for any of my training. That sucked. Hey, uh, you can speak up. You don't need to be quiet about it. You can no, be like, Winner did okay. not pay. I still, okay. Still... Um, I'm still uh, respectful to them, you know, of course. Yeah, they, I feel uh, that. Kept me employed for two years, so. Yeah, I um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then uh, they brought me straight out to Indianapolis after that for two, three weeks of in-doc training. In-doc, indoctrination, it was literally just going through manuals. We hadn't even gotten into any learning yet of stuff we needed to know about the airplane flying or anything like that this was all just paperwork hr but what like are these manuals of like the aircraft oh no no no, no oh, we didn't just... even get there yet that was ridiculous like it was oh. all like everything's on our company ipad now and it's Wait, uh, what company what do you use is that apple or microsoft yeah, company ipad no but is it i like an ipad yeah it's an ipad Mm-mm, microsoft slacking that's the potential <laughs> I don't know. I think there's one airline that uses a Microsoft tablet out there, but yeah, most of them use iPad. Especially because we make so I fly a simulator. Like, but anyways, yeah. continue, continue. Um. So yeah, we uh, those first couple of weeks were just paperwork, HR, getting registered for benefits, um, background checks, and all that stuff. Still, like background checks were a pain. Like it took quite a while. Should get my crew badge this week, which I'm excited for. I can skip through all the lines now and just go through, zip through a line called KCM, known crew member. And uh, yeah, I just be able to take all my water bottles, all my stuff, don't need to take out nice. anything. I'm looking forward to it. I'm so pumped. That's the biggest Unless benefit I'm looking forward to. into a drug mule and then it's like, oh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, 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 no. They will, they, your bags still get scanned. So I feel, I feel like. <laughs> but that's that's uh, interesting i feel like i mean having i have i don't know what it's like being on in the cockpit but like having been yeah. passenger for caribbean airlines like when air has always been good you know liat is just i don't even know yeah. how they still in business to this day they tactic man what they did during covid was really bad to their employees i don't know if you heard no i have they, not uh, share share the tea yeah, so when COVID hit, um, they had their employees continue to work, their pilots continue to fly for quite a few months, unpaid. Um, and then they suddenly let everyone go. And then they re-emerged. And after filing, I think, bankruptcy and all that stuff, uh, they re-emerged, same name and everything. And they're still in a court case to back pay the old employees. But they brought back some people, and they hired newer people as well because... They didn't want to deal older, with the old, yeah. Right, but also paying like senior people costs more than paying new people, right? Mm. And honestly, Winair was doing that too, and uh, it's not a good practice at all. It's it's very, very shady, very bad. I'm not not a fan of that at all. Yeah, I definitely think one issue our region has in general is just like really terrible management and corruption, yeah. like pretty yeah. much everything, which is like a struggle because it's like we need to then fix it all, but. I, I I definitely will say, like, 
the like seeing you fly like and all the amazing photos of just like flying into St. Martin like if folks if you're listening and you've never seen like the landing to St. Martin I don't know what rock you have been living under but please go on YouTube and look up you know landing at Princess Juliana International Airport it is like you said famous and but I also feel like you like flew to St. Bart's which is another mm-hmm. like super stunning airport or a dangerous airport but a beautiful island to also fly to and but i also know like you were telling me because you were in win air and we get you know a lot of celebrities on our island like you've had to fly yeah <laughs> yep some um some names uh the twitter ceo at some point wait what um, you didn't Jenner tell me a couple that years ago yeah jack dorsey i think his name was yeah yeah. Like he would okay, okay, okay. You okay, who else who else? A lot of goons for Roman Abramovich. <laughs> He's the okay, Russian billionaire Roman. who's a big plane. Oh you always, yeah, 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 yeah. The dude who always parks his jet so at we, those New Year's parties. Yeah, we, we flew all of his like catering staff, his bartenders, everyone. Because the private jet uh, couldn't hold them. Mm-hmm. No, no, because he uh, he takes uh, he brings that massive seven six seven private jet from Russia yeah. to San Martin. Takes up like almost the entire parking space of all the jets, mm-hmm. and then he he doesn't even go through any customs or anything. He gets off of his plane and goes onto his private helicopter, which takes him to his private yacht, which is parked outside St. Bart's. See, I swear the life of the rich must be fabulous because he didn't even go through customs. He said, fuck that. That's what poor people like. <laughs> he said, yeah, I'm going there, on my private jet. I mean, yacht. There's people like that that can uh, that have other people basically process customs for them. I guess. Ass- assistance yeah. must be basically. nice. But you also like <laughs> yeah, when so- Gunna was on the island wrecking the private villa yeah. that he was on. You flew him too, right? I didn't, not me personally, but Winner, yeah, Winner ah, did fine. Ah, I was also on call Jenners. for the Queen at some Ooh, point. That's cool. Yeah, she, like, we were, we all had to be at the airport, even though there were two pilots assigned. Mm. And uh, if for whatever reason, if any of the pilots, you know, were like, hey, I'm not feeling so hot, I'm not gonna, can't do this 12 minute flight <laughs> takeover. <laughs> Where do we they fly like her to, or are they? Because like I assume, she, wouldn't she up. fly? Oh, okay, okay. Because I was like, wouldn't yeah. she come on a big plane from the Netherlands? Yeah, yeah. But then uh, Seba, you know, another Dutch island, shortest runway in the world, shortest commercial runway in the world. It's just about a thousand feet. It's one yeah, it's seventh right off the of cliff. the runway San Martin is. Yeah, cliff on both ends. It's, it's fantastic. Love that place. Fantastic. I feel like that would scare. I remember one time I flew in like Montserrat, and like even their airport is pretty fun too. It's like also off. It's surrounded by a valley. Yeah, it's it's a valley, and we have special procedures for that. If we lose an engine, we're going a little bit down in that valley, circling around that little hill, and then uh, getting out of there if we're heavy and full and everything. How do you deal with like? Because I know like you've had to go through yeah like what happens in an emergency but like even just from like the mental state to put yourself in to be like well all these people on this plane is looking at me to save their life yeah okay how so do we you don't... deal with that yeah because i feel like that's a lot of stress like honestly the only time that's caught up to me is doing a normal landing when i know somebody on the plane behind me you know mm. like when i think about it it's like a mental game like okay um, my friend Romello is on this plane behind me. I need to make this landing smooth. And naturally, I screw up the landing. But <laughs> <laughs> like, obviously, we're all safe and everything. It's yeah, just yeah. a little, a little firm, you know. <laughs> but like, I guess, like, for what do you like? How much um, simulations do they put you through to know, like, right. all the potential cases that could happen that could so like result back, in, yeah, emergency. Yeah. Yeah, going back to that training schedule, um, that first two, three weeks of uh, paperwork and uh, setting up iPads and stuff, the next two weeks, they sent us home with the iPad with a very strict schedule of studying all the systems on this airplane, plus procedures and flows and everything. And that, my God, that took so much time and uh, very nice videos and everything and, you know, very informative. But that was just getting to know the systems. And not not even like so in depth where 
I can go and like fix something, but enough to know if something goes wrong, where to look. So what and, systems uh, are you required to like understand? Is it like all the electrical and like the mechanics of the plane and like how the engine, like all of all of that, or more so just like the the software that runs the the main computer that controls all of that everything. that she said plus the auxiliary power unit which is a smaller engine in the tail that helps us start up the main engines and mm. provides air conditioning all that on the ground um the auto flight system communications doors and windows because every door and win- it's i'm serious like it's, it's well, actually a fairly long on lesson the plane, though i like the, aren't they all the pilots sealed? have a window oh well two windows technically on most planes yeah so i on the ground like if it's really hot i can open it up um Funnily enough, in flight as well, I can open it up below a certain speed, although I'm mm. never doing that in this airplane. You don't want a bird coming in and impaling you. I mean, you've killed enough birds as is. I'm sure they're trying to work Let's not you. talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of uh, an experience at Winair. One of, one of my first flights with this certain captain who's uh, retired now. He, he's a very old school kind of guy. And... Uh, we were going to Dominica. It was my first time going to Dominica, and we could not see the airport because it was low clouds. It was raining. Um, so we were doing this uh, instrument approach. Basically, we loaded up. Uh, they have like uh, navigational aids to help us get lower down and uh, try to spot the airport. If not, we circle and wait for stuff, the weather to pass. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we were kind of low. We were, um, yeah, as you know, Dominica, it's super mountainous. Yeah. Like, you know. And the airport itself is in a valley, so it's pretty difficult to to land there if the weather conditions are not suitable. So this captain tells me, hey, yeah, uh, Tejuani, slow down a little bit. I'm like, okay. Started slowing down. He's like, no, no, some more, some more. I I bring it back to a a reasonable speed, and he's like, okay, um, I bet you've never seen this before. He takes off his shoulder harness, opens the window, sticks his chest and head outside the window, Gets fully drenched by this rain, and he's like, "Okay, I see it. I see it. A little bit to the right, a little bit to the left. Okay, you're right. You're right on. You're right on straight. You should see it in a couple of seconds." <laughs> yeah, um, I saw the runway. Eventually, he came back in, all soaking, and uh, put his shoulder harness back on, and we landed perfectly safe. But that was pretty wild. That does sound wild. Like, like his head was maybe a foot and a half away from uh, the giant spinning propeller right behind him. So, and the engine, yeah. Quite he the daredevil guy. He's a brave lad. Like, yeah. damn. He's a pastor, I, I by like the I way. I would be so scared to be near yeah, those. He's a pastor. Mm-mm. <laughs> but yeah, um, so when Republic sent us home for two weeks with these systems, oxygen, warning system, air conditioning, air, ice and rain protection, navigation, pneumatics, pressurization, there's so many lighting as well <laughs> um we just learned the systems at that point for two whole weeks and then come back and then we did uh this last week is what i had was a systems handoff into training into flight training and that's where we got to sit with these fancy flight simulator type of software on computers uh, where you can basically click through everything and every button and everything works mm. um, but yeah, you're doing it with a mouse and keyboard, so it's obviously not the real thing, but it's a very good uh, picture of uh, what's going on. And uh, yeah, we got to see some general failures, some electrical failures, uh, fuel, hydraulics, oxygen, all that stuff. And we have uh, several things to remember, but to be honest, it's not too much. Um, there's nine things we have to know by memory, mm-hmm. and the rest we can kind of just look up. Um, at the very cool. top of our wait, like during the during the flight, you can like Google shit. So no, no, no. So like, look up. I mean, um, we have special books and everything. It's it's oh, okay. called a quick <laughs> reference handbook. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, um, let's say there's a hydraulic system one failure. I would say the pilot flying or captain or whoever would say a hydraulic system one failure QRH. So once we're at a safe altitude, we're you know, um, and obviously you know, how pressing the emergency is or abnormal situation is. Uh, we pull out this book. It's quite quite a big book and uh, tabbed very well. We'd find that page and just follow the checklist. Um, very straightforward, to be honest. And 
the plane has so many redundant systems behind redundant systems. There's um, at least two backups for everything. Um, for the main stuff, there's like three or four backups for everything. So makes sense. Like this very, is very reliable in yeah. people's lives. Right. So I could totally understand right. why the aviation community would want to make sure yeah. that these planes that we put people <laughs> in don't crash. <laughs> you know, yeah. like as for engine failures and stuff, that is all we do. <laughs> we maybe do like, and so I start um, simulators tomorrow. Mm. Um, it starts off with the flat panel stuff, which is like the non-moving. It's it's basically like flight sim at home with a lot of computer screen setup and everything. Uh, this is all procedural training I'll have for the next week and a half. Then I move to the full motion flight simulators, which are enormous, like multi-million-dollar machines where you're literally walking on a it's bridge like a to get world. into this box. Not only VR, you're literally get like walking on a bridge to get into this box that's suspended by several hydraulic. Oh. Um, bars and uh yeah they're like 15 million dollar machines and then the bridge raises so the box is completely just on those hydraulic bars and um yeah it's a uh, simulates every little thing turbulence rolling on the ground every little wow. thing it's so realistic that you can log landings as wow. if you were doing the actual landing in the airplane wow. and that's by the way that's how uh they use they use those simulators to get pilots current so, like, mm. if they weren't flying so much in COVID, um, you need to maintain currency. You need, like, three landings within 90 days mm. at night or during the day or whatever. So they would do that in simulator because, obviously, you're not burning actual gas. So yeah. it's, it's cheaper. Yeah. That's um, wild. So, yeah, those machines are incredible. So, yeah, they want us to have all of our stuff down, memorize, you know, what we need to know before we move to that final stage of training. And, uh, yeah, we all we do there... Maybe one normal flight, but besides that, it's engine failure, um, hydraulic failure, electrical failures, all kinds of stuff. Is it so, possible? Like, yeah. I've always wondered, like, is it possible? Like, you know how, like, they always say, like, um, ele- like what am I saying? Lightning can, like, strike a plane because it's, you know, yeah. a flying plane. it does. Does that affect the electronics of the plane at all? If it, like, if lightning were to hit, hit so, it? Lightning is static electricity, right? Mm. Um, think about all the people just moving in the cabin on the carpet that's already producing static electricity. Mm. So next time you go out to an airplane, look at like the the wingtips, or if you can if you're close to like if you're just standing in the terminal building and looking at an airplane, you can if you can see it, or from your seat inside, um, look at the wingtips and you'll see these small little um, strips. It looks like a small little strip, and they have several of them, and those are uh, um, static discharge strips. Mm, okay, okay. Yeah, so in theory, if a lightning strike were to occur, it would flow flow through um, the skin of the aircraft um, or the frame or whatever, and uh, mm. out through those strips. And there's a, quite a lot of those strips on every airplane, depending on how big it is and all that. Uh, yeah, and we need those to take off. So yeah, <laughs> most oftentimes there won't be any disruptions to any of our equipment. But if there is, we, there's backups to backups. Yeah, I was gonna ask, like you know, like when when they're when you're you know in the terminal and you're just you know minding your business trying to get to your destination, and they're like, the flight is delayed. Um, <laughs> Something broke. Like I'm curious. So, like, when, when the, when, what are you responsible for when you are assigned to like an airline carrier or like a specific flight? Like, you are pilot. You're the captain of Delta four six three to you know Miami, Florida. What like when? What are you actually responsible for when you show up to the terminal? Because to me, it just seemed like the pilot just show up, get in the plane, and we, you know take off but i assume like right. there's stuff that you would have to prepare prior to the yeah. flight itself yeah, yeah so if it's the first flight of the day we show up minimum 45 minutes before and that's like earlier. a requirement yeah yeah okay. and uh we run through several checklists but that's also why there's a minimum two crew concept so mm-hmm. two pilots um we share the workload but for as for responsibility um the captain and the dispatcher the one who's sitting on the ground at headquarters or, or whatever command like in center. The air tower? No, Oops. no, no, no. The airline dispatcher. So Delta's own mm. dispatcher or for us Republic's own dispatcher. 
their name is also on the flight release, this whole like packet of data that we get. Okay. Um, yeah, so they share the responsibility with the captain for the entire flight. If anything goes wrong, if anything um, is deviated from normal, um, we would talk to the dispatcher and we would come up with the most optimum solution for everyone. So let's say we're flying from um, San Martin to New York. Okay. New York's weather is really bad. There's a lot of planes backed up. We don't have enough fuel to keep waiting and circling to land there. Yeah. So we will try going to an alternate. We would contact our dispatcher. We would, you know, everyone would agree, sign off on it. And uh, they'd, say, they'd say, okay, it's a good plan. Yeah, let's proceed with that. So then, wait, so who, the, so then when you're like, because I, I mean, I'm just basing this off of movies here, but like, when like i assume like the like aren't you in constant communication with the with somebody though like air traffic control yeah okay but that's separate from the dispatcher. that's separate yeah okay okay yeah okay. so at winner we also had our dispatcher um but basically they were just since our flights weren't so long they were there to uh schedule maintenance and things like that or we would tell them you know like hey can you order like pizza hut for me before i come back <laughs> <laughs> So we could have some pizza or break. If they were nice, they would help you out. (laughs) I'll take more if they were really just getting you, you know, food. (laughs) No, no, they're 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 great. They their main job is to keep the flights running on time, right, and safe. (laughs) But yeah, gotta keep the the pilots happy. They do a lot of work. Yeah, (laughs) funny. Yeah, but here it's uh, they share the responsibility, but also obviously, you know, um, they're on the ground, we're in the air, so in theory, we know better, right? Mm. Um, if they know something else that we don't, perfect. If not, yeah. Do you have like a a favorite like plane conspiracy? Conspiracy. Like, you know, like, how that one plane, like, went disappeared in... The Malaysia one? Yes. And we still yeah. don't know where the plane is at yeah. or, like, where the people at, you know? like I've I've heard some conspiracy theories about that one, you know, being um, intercepted by mm-hmm. some kind of military. And then, you know, they had them land somewhere. It's possible. I just don't know how likely it is yeah. <laughs> with modern technology, but I guess it's possible to some degree. Because they didn't even find the black box or anything, right? Like, they, they, like it just straight up just vanished off the face mm-hmm. of the earth. But I'm like, the earth is only so big, you can only go so many places, people. Yeah, they were saying there were some dead zones and all that. So, Suspicious. I, I yeah. I don't know. Is that like I don't Feel know? All those. I don't know if there are other airplane conspiracies out there among in the pilot community. Like, what do pilots talk about? I don't know. Like, what, what, what are, what are, what is you know, what is, what is up in the world of the pilots? Like, what, what's, yeah, so, what's the, what's the memes, the slang? Like, what, what is that? In the U.S., you got to be very careful because a lot of the pilots are right-leaning folks. Oh, who, that's interesting. I didn't even think who, like uh, pilots. A lot would of the older guys, especially. I guess oh, I can see that. almost all of them, Harsha. Almost all of them. You got to be very careful what you say up there, because it's that's just you two behind the cockpit door that's locked, right? Yeah. <laughs> they tell us, every, like every, at every step of the way, they tell us, you know, religion and politics avoid it. But one of the first things the captain will ask you is, "So, what do you think Sleepy Joe is doing?" <laughs> just. You kind of just have to go along with it. I mean, I feel like he could be doing better, but you know, I totally that yeah, is hilarious. Yeah, I'm just like Kamala. I thought you were about to, you know, shake shit up. What is going on? But you know what? That's a conversation for another day. But that is so yeah. funny. Yeah, behind that door, um, it's it's a secret locker room from conservative uh... pilots. Who would have oh, thought? Man. It's it's kind of tricky. Like you really have to watch what you what you say. Um, initially, like okay, so you're paired with the crew for that trip. Yeah. And a trip is anywhere between one day to four or five days. Oh. Right. So you'd be and going. What do you to, mean you'd by be doing trip, all the flights. Like, like if it's for multiple days, does that just mean like these are the people you'll be flying on multiple aircrafts with, and like that's just your like your team? 
so let's say yeah um basically yeah so um captain one first officer two flight attendants um that's our trip pairing we okay. would be flying with them yeah over the next few days we have special code word um um we have a briefing a crew briefing just to make sure everyone's on the same page and uh yeah we're in constant communication so we mm-hmm. stay at the same hotels um yeah, let's say we fly from here to New York, New York to Charlotte, Charlotte to Miami, stay in Miami over the night, next morning, take off from there to go somewhere else. And yeah, mm, so we'd be I with see, them the I next uh, three, four days. And yeah, so the first day, first flight, you know, maybe the captain would just initiate a conversation with about, so how are the wife, the kids, um, how's, <laughs> where do you live, where are you from? Yeah that kind of stuff but yeah it gets very repetitive so yeah, they're trying to... <laughs> <laughs> like they almost sound dead inside when they ask it now because <laughs> they've said it so many times <laughs> that's funny <laughs> and then you know um you move on to other stuff um if they're younger people you know or even older guys um we'd go to dinner together maybe maybe get a drink together at the hotel in the night um maybe go to the gym, all that stuff. Like, mm. you know, you just get to, to work with different kinds of people. So it's nice. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I guess, like, does it ever, like, how do you, like, say you were like, I really don't like working with this dude. Like, how do you, like, are you stuck on your pairing? Or could you be like... For that um, pairing? Okay, so, public, I mean, you could technically... If it hinders safety, then, yeah, call scheduling ask the captain obviously you know usually all of them are really good with uh clear-cut communication and uh you know being on the same page but on the off chance you know the nice thing with republic is that there's a a no-fly list for first officers so we have the power to put captains on there that we don't like and the system will avoid scheduling us with them but there's no such thing for captains they're they're stuck like they would have to fly with whoever they get oh so but yeah okay. it's it's like uh you don't um the the good thing is the way they train us and the way they train almost every pilot is to have everyone on the same exact page right so all of our items that we have to know all of our procedures are identical to the next guy mm. so if i were flying with this captain today and I felt sick or something, and I called off a trip, like I went home early, and they called another guy to come in and take my seat, the captain would feel like nothing has changed because mm. exactly the same stuff is happening at the exact same time. And that's what yeah. they want. They I want see. standards. So, yeah, it's what keeps everything safe. It's yeah. what keeps airline in business. So. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, as a yeah. passenger, I'm glad you guys have standards because I would hope... Like, it's very strict. Yeah, very, like very I would strict. hope... So it's good. I, but to me, like, that makes me feel really good about society because I'm like, well, like, we have institutions that do work really well and, like, the aviation industry is a perfect example of that. Like, they have very clear standards so that we can travel across the world and, like, to me, like, you have to think about how many people had to be involved in the construction of our aviation industry. Like, this doesn't just take, oh, America wants to build a bunch of planes. Like, that's useless if it's just America. But it has to be, mm-hmm. like, every country, every, right. you know, like, place has to kind of follow similar guidelines so that we can actually connect the world together. And to me, that takes, mm-hmm. like, so much teamwork. As much as, like, humans are difficult as hell and we all stubborn and just annoying. Like, yeah it's true and honestly that's why i i would say you know the aviation industry and the u.s is one of the is the best in the world because the standards here are quite high much higher than you know other places do you think that's because like largely because of the fcc or is there like other um oh no not the fcc is a joke i'm sorry the fcc is an absolute joke we have to get an fcc radio operators license it sounds fancy right fcc radio operators license when I actually, like, I, I blocked out maybe two, three hours of my day to go and get this license online. When I got to the website, it just said, okay, enter credit card info for $70. I'm like, okay, never really entered it before a test, but okay, cool. And then the next page was, click below to confirm that you understand, speak, and write very well in the English language. <laughs> I checked the box, pressed okay, and then I got my FCC radio operator's license. <laughs> This is so funny. They were like, can you speak English? Okay. 
<laughs> good yeah. enough for us. But I mean, speaking English, uh, they check that during flight training. So uh, you should, I guess is that you know, ever an very issue? Far without it. Like talk. I mean, I don't know. Do you was, ever have to talk yeah, to like it was for me pilots? as an instructor. Mm, yeah, okay. I've had to. Um, I've had to refer people to um, other offices to to um, get approved for English. Mm. Or at my university, I know people that had to take a separate English class to become proficient enough to pass a pilot's license examination, or even so like, do flight like training. Like TOEFL basically. wouldn't be good enough to say like you speak no. English. Mm -mm. No. Well, I mean, if you pass that, you should generally speak good English. Well, no, yeah. One would hope, right? One would hope. Yeah, one would hope. <laughs> I guess, like, what is your favorite? I know, like, you have to go soon. We don't want to make sure this military dude kills you. So, I guess, like, what is your um your favorite? Like, what do you like? As so, now that you're a pilot and you you know you've been able to actualize your dream, and now you will soon be flying planes in America, and it makes me so proud to see you doing something you love so much. Because, like, for me, I've always obviously looked up to you. Like, you're my bro. Like, you're you're my homie. Like. You're the closest thing I've got to a legitimate brother and like like I miss you so much and I just like sometimes I could cry bro I swear on every episode I swear I'm always like I'm gonna cry but I mean it like from deep within my heart like I love you so much and it makes me so proud to fucking see you doing your thing and to be a baddie at it because it's like that's my bro bitch you know um but it's like I'm curious like what makes you like like, what is your favorite thing about being a pilot now that you are a pilot and you, like, do it, you know? Like, this is something you do. Like, like you are a pilot, you know? Like, you're not just a kid that likes planes. Like, you actually fly them yeah. across the world and people pay you to do that. Like, it's, it's a pretty incredible feeling. Um, the, the first couple times, I think the realization hit me. Um, one was when I took my parents flying as an instructor. My dad was pretty nervous. Um, <laughs> we were flying right underneath this cloud layer, and I knew this layer was kind of thin. Mm. And it was dark and gloomy underneath these clouds. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to ask um, air traffic control until I get above these clouds and, um, you know, have a nice, clear view, warm up a little bit in the cabin because it's kind of cold. And my dad's like, no, 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 it's okay, it's okay. We're, we're as high as we need to be. <laughs> it's fine. The plane can do it. I can. It's not like. Yeah, like, like, bro, this is what I do. Don't worry. I do much riskier things. Like, I take students and spin the airplane on purpose to see if they'll recover. Well, that is <laughs> evil. I'm, I'm kidding. I mean, I was an examiner as well, so I used to pull the power back and be like, "Okay, your engine has failed. Land." Yeah. <laughs> and I'd have them glide down. You know, the dumbest thing about that was I would purposely pull it back right on top of an airport and they would pick a grass field right next to the airport and be like, yeah, I'll land there. I'm like, are you, are you okay? Oh, is Why are you going over there? That's funny. That's like the saddest thing I've had to fail a few people on because those were examination flights. I couldn't yeah, say anything. Yeah. So I'm just sitting there quietly like, like great, it's going to put me in a patch of grass instead of that actual pavement. Up. I'm gonna have to fail you, son. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, yeah. Thank you so much. I'm very proud of where you have reached as well. Um, I look at you as inspiration as well. Quite a lot Aww. of times, you know, like my my little sister is uh, working for Microsoft. That's huge. There's no one from San Martin that has worked for Microsoft before. You know. No. Sometimes yeah, I really don't incredible. believe it. Like I be in those rooms, like literally like across from like our vp of devices and i'm just like how am i here right now like i'm not supposed to be here <laughs> something is not right who let me in here like and then <laughs> but it is awesome bro it's so awesome like but i swear i wouldn't be here if it wasn't for like our relationship i really don't i mean as much as i'm super curious and maybe i would have like looked into tech anyways like i definitely know for a fact like i am here largely because of the influence you've had on me so all the love in the world bro all of it i love you so much right right back at you we uh i i also took a lot of motivation from you i used to think like you know of course i can make it to microsoft i can make it you pretty can far bro too. you totally can <laughs> like the only reason i feel like it made it easier was because i had the green car but now you here yeah. so it's it's all gucci mm -hmm. definitely opens up a lot of doors but yeah, um, that flying my parents moment, flying with you as well, that was pretty cool. 
was, looking at that big smile on your face and i'm like because <laughs> you know me like i i will like i am like i like i'm your biggest fan man like for you to take me like you have been literally my like teacher in so many things and like for you to take me up in the sky and like fly me like and I, and I remember you just used to like fly me with like the simulators and stuff and to see you like fly me in the sky bro and i didn't die like i'm still here that is lit like and bro i'm telling you i refuse to be taught by anybody else like i'm only gonna get my private piloting license from you because like who else am i gonna get it from like you're my bro like come on just saying um sometimes that doesn't work out I know. Like sometimes, sometimes people hate their flight instructors. But I love especially... you. So. Yeah, yeah. So does Amy, but Amy and I didn't really work out in a flight instructor <laughs> student role. <laughs> she but remembered. You taught like... me, but you taught me how to ride a bike. Like you taught me everything, yeah, bro. Yeah, true. You're a very yeah. nice and compassionate student. Okay, yeah. not saying Amy and isn't, but patient, she she remembers things. You're patient teacher yeah. i you know we get each other most so. of the time <laughs> yeah <laughs> i feel like we we've had our arguments but it's always comes back to love it was only ever because you slammed my finger in the door and i slammed yours in the door too so <laughs> i think we you know we're we're even so circle of life circle of life exactly <laughs> well yeah, um I love you. Thank lot, you so much for having me. I of love course, you bro. too. You're gonna come back on here. Like I feel like we didn't even talk yeah. about Amy yet, and like I meant to. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel like Amy, don't worry. We didn't mean to forget Amy's you. Amy's great. She she works a lot. She's she's and a she's also a workaholic, super but she's, smart. What? And this girl speaks a bajillion languages. Like I kid you not, yeah. audience. Yeah. Like this is ridiculous. Bajillion yeah. languages. Not even exaggerating. <laughs> like a bajillion. That's a legitimate number. A bajillion. <laughs> She's part of this international polyglots group, hyper polyglots group. Sorry, hyper polyglots. Yeah, you have to know like a minimum she's... of seven or eight languages to be part of it. Yeah, it's a goat yeah. in the in the linguistics. <laughs> and she's also a pilot and like is super into all that geo geo stuff. Yeah, and she's a PhD candidate now. I know, super smart. We're gonna have a doctor Tejwani Rose. Yeah. Oh, Rose thanks for listening to this episode of the chatterbox if you enjoyed this episode be sure to show your support by subscribing to this podcast and leaving us a review follow us on instagram at the dot chatterbox for teasers and updates